Hello, 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 Madcaps, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK, and of course, as always by my side, the salary captain, the March Heron, Mr. Aaron Stewart. What's up, man? How we doing? Oh, doing pretty good. What a way to end the year, right? We're, we're pretty dang close. I we think are. what by the time this drops, it'll be New Year's Eve, and yes, man. What a crazy year. What a crazy season it is. Indeed. And we're almost there. Underworld. Almost or not to Underworld. the end. We're, we're Wonderland. I was on Underworld a couple of weeks ago. We're That's true. And by the way, if y'all did not check that out, make sure to check out Mind Mansion on the Road to Underworld. Podfather had Aaron as a guest. It was fucking fantastic. Why can I not? Re- it was Christian Kirk something is the name of the episode. I don't know why I can't. Th- Hold on. What is it? You know what it is, don't you, Aaron? I actually don't. I know that if you go on YouTube. Oh, come uh, on, you humble bastard. (laughs) You'll want to look for, uh, if you're on YouTube and want to watch the the whole live stream there, it's the one with Baltimore Ravens uh, on it. If you've got my red glorious beard uh, on there, eh, what a blast. It was like three hours and people go, oh my God, how are you going to listen to that? I tell you, we got some good stuff on there. Some stuff that I think is even, it's proven to be true weeks later because guess what? Like people like myself, people like Ryan, we analyze this game in detail here. And so when stuff happens weeks later, we're like, well, yeah, we kind of expected that. Except for like COVID stuff. Who can predict that? very tough to predict but yes there is some great stuff on that and it's christian kirk salvation mode is the name of the episode so yes check that out but uh, it has been a crazy year lots of parody you know no real teams you know jumping off your page that are gonna dominate the playoffs so we're looking towards a fun postseason and speaking of crazy we've had a bit of a crazy time both of us ourselves the past few weeks but hey we apologize for any of the weirdness with the pod off scheduling like that, but at the end of a very long year and we're both as stretched pretty thin right now, I would say. So we're hanging in there and we're going to knock out these last couple of episodes of the pod. And what we've got for you is we're going to have tonight a little bit of, uh, you know, talking about some of what happened in week 17 or 16, I should say, mainly preparing you for week 17 championship week. Aaron and I were talking off pod. It's still weird getting used to the whole week 17, not to final week or week 18. Now we got a week 18, but there's 17. It's, you know, it's very, it's very unusual it's abnormal for us how did you put it we've all we were programmed to think already we're we're conditioned conditioned thank you yes very good so we're going to try and get everybody ready for championship week and then we will be back next week not sure if we're going to record before the games or after but regardless we're just going to kind of wrap up the season talk some hits and misses dynasty stuff and what not so that's kind of the plan and hey we're going to take a little bit break we may pop in to talk some nfl playoffs while it's going on just for shits and giggles we might do that uh but, you know but other than that nice little break and then we'll be back 2022 well i guess we'll still have an episode in 2022 but we'll be back in 2022 full throttle for the offseason so as far as tonight goes i did want to first 
get into a few injury items because, you know, this is worst time of the year, obviously, to be dealing with injuries. You're in the title match. Ooh, injuries, COVID. And you know what? I better pull up my little, my little uh, place I'd look for the top injuries because I, I made this a couple of days ago. So there may have been some more. I don't know. It was particularly some COVID action. So I'm going to look exactly. into that. But right off the bat, you got Jimmy G with the thumb issue. Will we or will we not see Trey Lance? Because I think there's a lot of people that would love to see some Trey Lance. Um, but I think there's a chance Jimmy G comes back. I'm not sure if there's been an update on him today at all. Have you heard anything? I haven't seen an update. It's really, if you if you Google Jimmy Garoppolo, like you already have some articles talking about, have we seen the last of Jimmy G? But nothing official there. Uh, last I heard is that it's something that maybe he could play through, but there'd be a lot of pain. Yeah, that's what it's looking and like. And it makes you wonder. So if it's a pain tolerance thing, maybe he plays. But I mean, a thumb is a pretty important part. <laughs> you know, fingers, hands for quarterbacks kind of. That's a what I was deal. saying. If he's got a fucked up thumb, how is he going to play? And if you're the coach, how are you going to let him play? Because even right. if he can go out there and tough it out, it seems like that'd be a good way to throw some terrible passes potentially yeah. interceptable passes uh, i don't know it seems and, like and a bad situation and it seems that the 49ers they have a little bit of leeway so right now in the nfc five of the seven playoff spots that's still i still have to get used to that seven mm. playoff spots i know it's the second season for that but right. five of the seven playoff spots have been decided and san francisco currently leads the rest of the nfc teams that haven't already clinched now it's it's a mess because 49ers Eagles are both eight and seven and then there's three teams that are seven and eight so they I feel mm, I a victory could clinch them a playoff spot this week mm. but I also go you have two games left maybe throw Trey Lancer going against the Texans that should be a game that they could win I don't You'd know think. Like, I, I you thought think. the Chargers could beat the Texans. <laughs> Ever so. since I jinxed the Chargers, I'm so sorry, Chargers fans. Like I talked to when we talked about the Bengals versus the Chargers, and I was like, the Chargers are the more consistent team. And since then, the Chargers have been one of the most inconsistent teams. So sorry, Chargers fans. That's on me. And, and also, Bengals, I have to mention too. Bengals have been oh. looking pretty. Last week, they were on fire. They are so good, and that AFC is wide open because only mm -hmm. the Chiefs have officially clinched a playoff spot. Only one of the seven playoff spots. It's insane. It's insane. I mean, that is that's thirteen teams in the AFC that are technically still alive. I mean, some of those teams: you know, Pittsburgh, Denver, Cleveland, holding on by by a thread, but yeah. they're still alive. They can they can make it happen. <laughs> Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Niners because they should be able to hold on to that playoff spot. But uh, we'll have to see if if they if they let Jimmy G go out there with a busted ass thumb, that might really tell you where Trey Lance is at right now. Exactly. Um, so we'll see. Also, a couple of guys out for well, one out for the year, one going on the IR, so it could be back in a few weeks. But we got Adam Thielen; he's done. And that's unfortunate, but hey, Vikings were likely going to the playoffs anyway. So this is just, hey, rest up, get healthy. We'll see you next year. Daryl Henderson got an MCL injury. He's going on the IR for the Rams, which means if you have Sony Michelle, 
he could be very beneficial to you this week in championship week, yes, sir. So that is my opinion on that. We also yeah. have um, James Robinson um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> very unfortunate, just like right off the bat, right off the bat gets hurt last week and uh, he will be done. So now it's Dari Ogamawale. Uh, as the starter in Jacksonville, at least for the moment. And then Miles Sanders got a bit of a hand injury, so we'll see what goes on with that. But a, a lot of stuff to dissect there. Um, Dari Ogunbenwale, if you're thinking, hey, maybe there's a guy I could pick up, will do me some good. No. If I remember right, they have a very tough matchup, first of all. I do believe the yeah. Jaguars play, is it the Patriots? I want to say it's the Patriots. I'm I am confirming it is the Patriots. Sure. Yep. Yep. So nah, no need good. to touch Dari Ogunbowale. So don't even think about that. Sony Michelle, fire him up. Fire him up. Uh, but that, that's kind of my opinion on that. That's some of the injury stuff going on. And as I can see, as I looked, I didn't see anything else new as far as injuries. And I've seen nothing on COVID yet. Well. Never mind. Mike Evans on COVID list. <laughs> oh, man. And he was already dealing with a hamstring, too. So, right. <sighs> okay. But that's about, that's about it. I don't know if you have anything you'd like to add with the uh, injury chatter. Uh, the one thing I'll add with Sony Michelle is that even before that Daryl Henderson injury, it is it has been Sony Sony oh, Michelle's right. season. It, yes. Yeah, he has been the guy. In fact, friend of the show, the EDG Chris was uh, we were we were talking in Twitter DMs, and he was asking me uh, this was going into last week's game. He's like, "Hey, Henderson's back. Hey, Henderson been the starter. Hey, Henderson's more involved in the passing game." And I'm like, "Hey, here's here's the thing, Michelle." gets red zone work and even like weeks what like eight to 12 when it was henderson was playing about 70 percent of the snaps they mm. were splitting the red zone work like equally despite michelle playing maybe 30 percent of the total snaps there and i'm like hey michelle's got the red zone work and he's been playing great and i just don't see like henderson's not a player the rams have ever fully committed to like he's right. had He's had big performances, but the coaching staff, I mean, you go back to the preseason, right? When Cam Akers got hurt and usually what do coaches do, they hype up the next man and they, Sean McVay, he didn't. He's like, well, well we're going to have to see, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he goes, oh, Henderson, we may need to bring someone else in because Henderson can't stay healthy. It's like, wow, the head coach is really putting his yep. his uh, his stamp of approval there on Daryl Henderson. So, and with the way Michelle has played the last like four weeks of the season, go back and look at those game logs. It's right. Michelle's season, and yeah, like with Henderson out, and then there was news too. Like, there's the positive news of Cam Akers, hey, he could come back. But then there's news today, he's unlikely for week seventeen. Sony Michelle, like 100% snap, maybe not 100%. It's really hard for running backs to play right, all right. the snaps, but he's had a 97% snap share in a game. Like Michelle's going to get like all the touches, and okay. that's a good offense. And yes. you know what? All it takes is a touchdown, and you're going to get a good game. Right. Definitely. Well, uh, speaking of that, I was going to go into some of our, well, let's go ahead and go into the, Actually, I want you to go ahead and you had some DFS guys 
Um, well, just some players you want to talk about in Certainly. general for, for the championship week. So I'll let you kind of go into, you kind of talk about what you want. And then I've got a couple more things to bring up. I was, I just was thinking like, I could run through all of this stuff, but I don't, I don't want to talk about like, I want to make sure you get your guys in <laughs> in case I accidentally Love burn set one of them up. So <laughs> you go ahead and give me what you got, buddy. All right. So of course this season has been super weird with COVID and everything. Depth is more important than it ever has been. For instance, look at the Las Vegas Raiders and Darren Waller. He's out. I want to say he was put on injured reserve. His season's over as far as fantasy season. So what do you right. do? Hey, the next guy up there, Foster Moreau. And he's had some, he's had some solid performances in the last three games. He has exceeded a 94% snap share in every single game. Mm. I mean, it's a very basic concept, but to score fantasy points, you have to be on the field. So I right. love the tight end. That's basically out on the field for every single play. And this past two games, he scored 10 plus fantasy points. And that he's done that without scoring a touchdown. Cause usually right. when you're streaming tight end, you're like, please give me a touchdown so that I could save the performance. You're already getting 10, 10 fantasy points last couple of games without a touchdown. You get a touchdown. You're getting a really good performance. Foster Moreau has been a, a popular player in waiver wires really the last few weeks. And it's, there is a decent chance he's available because he did have some, some games where people really hyped him up and he didn't come through. Yeah. So he's worth, worth, uh, worth, checking to see if he's there. If you're needing a tight end, I'm needing a tight end in the league. And you know what? The last three games averaging six targets a game. I'll take that. Uh, if you stick to, and if you stick to tight ends too, you're not going to pick him up as a waiver claim, but Rob Gronkowski has been very, very quiet the last couple of weeks. His total stat line combined three catches, 52 yards, not up to the standards that we've had for Gronk this entire season, but if you're sitting there and you're going, oh man, I'm in the championship game and I really need to get the right tight end decision. Gronk's still getting the targets, 13 total targets in these past two games. You mentioned Mike Evans out with COVID, Chris Godwin torn ACL. They're getting Brashad Perryman back, but Perryman's not, he doesn't command targets the way Godwin and Evans no. do. We saw AB get 15 targets. Really, Antonio Brown's the only threat that's stopping Gronk from getting 10 targets in a game. I, I, it's within Gronk's range of outcomes because he had, like, I think, 11 targets or so. He had, he had a game two weeks ago where he was targeted heavily, just didn't catch a lot of passes. Mm -hmm. So Gronk, you know, tight ends are swinging for upside anyways. Gronk, he's not available on waivers, but if you're hesitant about whether to start him, if you've made it this far and with – Rob Gronkowski putting up some dud performances. Go ahead and start him. <laughs> you yeah. got a solid team already. And one more tight end. I got Zach Ertz. It, volume. Volume yeah. is key. Hopkins is out. And he's been out. And Zach Ertz has benefited greatly. Past two games, 11 targets and 13 targets. Holy crap. Like Foster Moreau. He's scoring a lot of fantasy points. 14 fantasy points in both those games without touchdowns. I love that. Like you've got such a high floor for Zach Ertz and you score a touchdown. I know the Cardinals offense doesn't look so good lately, but <laughs> no. Ertz, Ertz is, he's still scoring fancy points mm -hmm. and not to the level of Foster Moreau, but 
he's got a, a high snap share. Past four games, he's played 77% of the snaps or more. And there's actually been a trend. He's been playing more and more. Uh, so especially with Hopkins out, I want to say he played 95% of the snaps in this last game. It's it's a nice trend there. It hurts maybe he's there on waivers. I, I don't know. I, I, he's closer to, to being like Gronk than Foster Moreau. Moreau, right, there's a decent right. chance. But those tight ends, A, I, I think you, I've got the three tight ends. The one guy that's you're debating about starting a Gronk, the one guy that maybe on your bench with Zach Ertz, and then the one guy that's available in waivers, Foster Moreau. Uh, switched over to receivers here real quick. The major thing I'm looking for at this point is good offenses, and consolidated target share. Uh, you mentioned Isaiah McKenzie. It, he's wor- he's interesting. You should, if you have Cole Beasley, who's off the COVID list, you should at least go and pick up Isaiah McKenzie. I know it's weird to like handcuff receivers, mm. but if something were to happen to Beasley and McKenzie plays in the slot, like slot receivers are doing really well in Josh Allen's offense there. And McKenzie had the massive game, what, 11 catches, 125 yards. Yep. And, and, and a really, touchdown. and a touchdown. And Bill's receivers, that last game, it was Diggs, Sanders, McKenzie. They all played 82% of the snap share. Dawson Knox played 100%. And the running backs aren't involved. Like it, it, it's, it's probability, really. Mm. Like they, Buffalo has a lot of weapons. But they they usually only feature like three or four guys. Right. It's you know you got those deep starting lineups in particular. I've got a league where there's I want to say we've got like thirteen starters. It's like yeah, find a Bills receiver, decent chance it's great offense. Those those players just seem to be producing lately. Yeah. Uh, go into a bad offense, Russell Gage for the Falcons. He has been extremely productive the last five games. He has scored 18 plus fantasy points in three of those five games. Uh, the snap share, kind of like the tight ends that we mentioned, Russell Gage is out there for a vast majority of the snap share. He's played 75 plus percent of the snaps in each of those past five games. And it's simple. He's on the field. He's getting targeted outside of Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson. Like, right. It's, it's true. It, he does have a nasty mat- matchup, though. He's going against the Bills, but mm. it's, sometimes it's a bad matchup, but you can follow volume at least and go, you know, maybe he gets seven, eight targets, and surely he could do something with that. Right. And I'm going to skip my last receiver because there's only one running back that I really, really want to mention, <laughs> and that's Jeff Wilson. Okay. Elijah Mitchell. I may play. I, I what's his injury status? Have you seen any updates? I saw that he might be practicing. Let me double check real quick because I didn't have him on my thing. Still questionable. He was limited Thursday, and uh, it says when he mixed in the drills this week, he split first team reps with Jeff Wilson. Yeah, I I would still confidently start Jeff Wilson. Mainly because it's it's Shanahan, right? What does Shanahan do? Shanahan run will feature a guy. He's going to run the ball a lot, and I will definitely not start Elijah Mitchell. Just nothing against the guy. And I know that has been one of your guys this season. It's strictly just because how healthy is he? I don't that know. That would concern me as well. Yeah. And, and with Wilson, it's 
it's not so much him. It's what does Shanahan do? He's going to find that one running back in a game and constantly feed him. Past couple of games, no Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson stepped up. He's played 75% or more of the snap share in those two games. And the opportunities are there. He's Mm. had 17 plus touches in each of those games. And it's resulted in 14 plus fantasy points. He's not a sexy play by any means, but when you're talking about those zero RB, like, is that the way to go? It's, it's an interesting debate, uh, but it's COVID and everything. Like sometimes you just have to know the coaching tendencies. Cal Shanahan just wants to find a guy and run him into the ground. And that guy for the championship game is Jeff Wilson. Elijah Mitchell got you to the playoffs. And then Jeff Wilson took over to maybe help you win a championship. I dig it, man. Did you have anything else or? Uh, that I ran through, there's one receiver I skipped, but honestly, uh, and I can't believe I had three tight ends. I wish I had more running backs, but I was really looking for those guys that all these players have the similar things, high snap share, high opportunity. Mm. That's the things we're looking for. It's, it's do or die in the championship game. And you know what, for people listening, your salary captain is definitely playing and has picked up some of these players for those reasons. You just, you just have to win one more game. It is very true. And uh, I believe I am in just one Super Bowl. It's the least amount of Super Bowls I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. Just one. I'm pretty exactly. sure it's just one. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would say I had a bit of a rough year. But anyway, um, <clears throat> You had mentioned Isaiah McKenzie, and I had him because um, I did feel it was necessary to mention some of the backups from last week because he did have a good game. Oh, yeah. um, now, me, I'm kind of like, that was great. I don't expect anything to come from it. But I do like what you said about if Cole Beasley is out again, McKenzie could have another pop. So right. <clears throat> now, as far as Justin Jackson, Jack, Jackson, Justin Jackson, <laughs> um, I spoke about him a lot in the infirmary because I was someone that it was just as recent as last year when I would say, Oh, hold on. on Justin Jackson because Joshua Kelly, but that's because the chargers had shown in their previous regime that they were willing to, okay, if, if Eckler gets hurt, we're going to have somebody else because Justin Jackson has a role and he's going to have that role regardless of who the starter is. And that's how they did it. This regime is different. And I knew that they were going to let Justin Jackson roll. And I I knew this was a good, like, I swear to you, man, if I had just played the right quarterback, I might've won a lot of money this weekend in DFS. (laughs) I I made poor decisions at quarterback. So Justin Jackson, just a killer game, 11 rushes for 64 yards, two touchdowns, nine catches for 98 yards, blew the hell up for you and uh austin eckler looks like he's going to be back this week so you're not going to get his services again but as far as that goes if you want to look at the dynasty aspect of it i mean if you were able to somehow sneak justin jackson off the way i mean hold on to that dude because he is a talented back people forget that because you know chargers fell in love with eckler and you know he's been running the show He just showed you why he's an impressive back as well. And you never know what the future 
beholds holds with the future beholds but anyway boy i do i am not talking good <laughs> at all tonight well at all tonight so <clears throat> um i think he's definitely someone you got to hang on to in dynasty um yes. just to see what comes uh in the near future and then uh you know obviously another one big one this weekend no leonard fournette no chris godwin my antonio brown as you mentioned had the big day but then there was ronald jones more impressive might have been Keyshawn vaughn though mm-hmm. and i'm telling you what i would have been i would have done killed on the infirmary this week if i had mentioned Keyshawn vaughn but i didn't because i didn't believe he was going to get as much run as he did because Bruce Arians has shown little faith in Keyshawn Vaughn. So I was just like, like, I understand he's there because, you know, depth. But I, I did not expect him. I just did not expect what happened. And he busted one out and showed you, hey, there is something to Keyshawn Vaughn. Now, there's been a couple of times that I've seen him where he's fumbled not just this year going into last year. And I think that's part of the issue with the coaching staff with him. If I had to venture a guess would be that he's, when he's gotten some opportunities, he's had a couple of fumbles, but when he's also making electric plays like that, I, I mean, he's good for anybody that's held on to Keyshawn Vaughn and I've held on to him in a couple of leagues. Maybe that's all I'm going to say. Maybe this is the beginning of something. So we'll see how it goes the rest of the season. Um, but it does, it, it does bring up the point you made. They're playing the Falcons. Is that who the, the, or no, the Bucks are playing the Jets. Sorry. Bucks are playing the Jets. It's not a good run defense, right? No. So, I mean, I, I mean, what do you think? Do, do you play Rojo if you got him? I mean, or do you play Keyshawn Vaughn if you've got him? I mean, what, what do you do with the running back situation in Tampa Bay this week? I can give you both sides of the coin here. So for full transparency, because I had someone ask me, who do you play on this one? I said, you got to play Ronald Jones because he is the starter. He is getting mm-hmm. volume. He had 20 carries. He was even catching some passes too. There is a concern of like Keyshawn Vaughn did look good. And you start to wonder, is he going to eat more into that workload there? Because that's the, that would be the problem for Ronald Jones is that Keyshawn Vaughn in these two games that he's played since Leonard Fournette's gotten injured, like the game Fournette got hurt mm-hmm. along with this last week where Fournette missed the game. Keyshawn Vaughn ran more routes than Ronald Jones because this isn't breaking news, but Ronald Jones just isn't utilized in the passing game. Right. But it is concerning that Keyshawn Vaughn, because if you're, if you're playing fantasy football, more than likely you're playing in PPR leagues. And that means those guys, if they're running more routes, that means they have a better chance of getting more targets and get more targets, you get more receptions. Mm-hmm. All it takes is three to four catches to possibly outproduce a running back that's sitting there carrying the ball 12 to 15 times and not scoring a touchdown now i go with ronald jones because i'm like okay they are feeding him the ball you can say the predicted game flow is they should handle the jets quite easily on this one and therefore seeing ronald jones get another 20 plus carries seems likely the other side too is that the jets they are as you talked about not good at run defense 
and in particular in fantasy football against running backs. Like it was the middle part of the season, but they had this three-week stretch, which I loved. It was my fun stat for the Jets, where in three weeks they had allowed five top five running back performances. Five top five running back performances in three weeks. Two of those three games, they allowed two top five performers at the position, at the running back position, and they played on the same team. That was the the Colts with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, and then the Patriots, of course, the Patriots destroying the Jets. Mm. And that was with Damian Harris and Brandon Bolton. So if you're absolutely desperate there, you don't have Ronald Jones, you're like, well, I got Keyshawn Vaughn. It's not a bad dart throw on this because the Jets are. You could so, do worse. You could do worse. Yeah, the Jets are so bad, and a similar work uh, workload for Keyshawn Vaughn. Which, what was it? Did he get like seven to seven to ten carries, or somewhere around there? And he caught mm. one to two passes. Like, so let's say he gets eight to ten touches. I think that he could be a flex worthy play, just because the Jets are that bad against running backs so yeah but if i'm if i have both of them and i'm like i got i can only start one don't play don't be too cute start ronald jones because he is still a starter we may not necessarily like him you know it's ronald jones we we weren't even on ronald jones man right right <laughs> but yeah. but if you not got Keyshawn Vaughn, it's not it's not a bad flex play it, totally agree Totally and I do agree. want to mention real quick with Justin Jackson. Yes, in Dynasty, if you picked him up, the only thing that's held Jackson back really is injuries. Unfortunately, low BMI. Yes, guy. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, he does have the injury. Yeah. He, he has a lot of injuries because guess what? He's six foot and he's under 200 pounds. He has mm-hmm. almost a non-existent BMI. And yes, if you're on Twitter, there's people that, that go, BMI doesn't matter. Sorry, Devontae Smith. But for running backs, it does matter. Like, yeah. It, if you're low BMI and Justin Jackson is literally the first percentile BMI for running backs, it's unlikely he, he got a heavy workload against the Texans. Well, I say heavy workload. He, he, he's, he had 11 carries. He was involved heavily in the receiving game. Yes. And the reason you keep him in dynasty is anytime Eckler's ever out. And this goes back to at least last season. Justin Jackson puts up RB2 or better numbers. That's why you stash him in Dynasty, because you may only get to start him maybe two to three times a season. But if Eckler's out, like mm-hmm. he's just productive. And we saw it. He was the number one fantasy running back this past week. And you go back to 2020. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember the exact games he missed. I think looking at Snapshare, I can I can tell which games Eckler missed. But he had, yeah, it was a three a three-game stretch from weeks five through eight where Eckler put up top 24 running back numbers in each of those weeks. It's just, he is a a true handcuff to Eckler because he's going to play the exact same type of role. And yes, a vast majority of the season, you can't utilize Justin Jackson. But the moment you go, hey, Eckler is on the COVID list, Justin Jackson becomes an insta start. He's just, he produces. I'd have to. I have to check check his contract because it, he is interested because I agree with you, but also it, this coaching staff, I'm telling you, has unlocked him more because you said the three-game stretch, he had top 24 finishes, but I bet you if you looked at Joshua Kelly's numbers from that game, like 
not that he was top 24, but I think because I remember thinking that like, man, they, why don't they feed Ju- or Justin Jackson more? But hey, Joshua Kelly fan. So let's see Joshua Kelly break out. And then, you, you know, it was neither really ever one of them. It felt like where as this time, this game, it felt like they were like, you the man, you know, and it didn't, it didn't feel like that last year necessarily. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. There's always a chance with that. It was the second half of the season for Justin Jackson, where he really fell off. And and what, what happened was he actually had a game middle of the season, week eight last year, Mm -hmm. Justin Jackson actually, actually had a 17 carry game against the Broncos in which he also caught three passes. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that was his best fantasy performance. He finishes a top 10 running back without touchdowns. Remarkable. But yeah. he he never, after that game, and he missed a lot of games uh, in the second half of the season. He only played four more games that year. And combined, he only touched the ball 14 times. Um, but the coaching staff would, last year's coaching staff gave him quite a bit of red zone carries. Like those 14 games that he played after, or sorry, the 14 carries he had after that big performance in week eight, five came in the red zone. So last year's coaching staff, it was super weird. Mm. It was just, he had this huge stretch where he was either injured or just didn't really do much to be honest. And that's where we kind of forgot about Jackson. And that's why I go, Hey, the reason he's available in dynasty is he, he was injured. He disappeared. And for most of the season, yeah, he's, he's your typical handcuff running back, but him, a Keyshawn Vaughn, like it, that's how you win at dynasty. That's how you build depth. There is you go to player profiler. Like it's, it's that simple. You look at the workout. Like you see Justin Jackson, who's not old. He's a 25 year old running back. He'll be 26 next season. You, you see the workout metrics, very explosive guy and a college target share 88th percentile, which has definitely translated to the professional level. And right. Being a Shane Vereen best comparable player. And you know what? Shane Vereen, that's not bad. Like no. Vereen was fantasy relevant for, for a handful of seasons. So. Sure fucking was. Yep. I remember I had him a few times. Oh yeah. And Vereen, I'm flex sure. Player. Exactly. I'm, I was going <laughs> to say Vereen, Vereen is the perfect comparison for Justin Jackson. Cause that's what Justin Jackson is, is like you get late in the season and your team has dealt with so many injuries and stuff. You're like, who do I start? Hey, Justin Jackson. Like I started Justin Jackson. He got me to a championship game because I had Eckler. I was like, crap, Eckler's out. Aaron Jones a little banged up too. I was forced to start him, but I was like, I don't have anyone. I had Elijah Mitchell out. Nothing. And I was like, who can I pick up? There's Justin Jackson saved my team with that massive performance because that team is falling apart. Like that's yeah. Darren Waller, Elijah Mitchell. Aaron Jones, Jalen Hurts, which just came back from injury. So Justin Jackson, like savior of my team that was dominant. This is a Cooper Cup, Deontay Johnson, wide receiver led team that just running out of players at this point, but can't complain about it because everyone's team's like that. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Very true. Yeah, I can't tell you. James Robinson I felt so bad for him and then I went and looked at my fantasy teams and he like his one point really killed me in a couple of weeks so like I'm just like ah uh, not to make it more about fantasy than the dude's actual health but that was kind of like oh poor James Robinson because you know he's kind of my guy poor James Robinson and then not only that 
but that might have cost me a couple of matches. So anyway. And, and I feel bad real quick on James Robinson, Achilles, right? And we go, oh, God, not the and Achilles. So late in the year. No running backs come back from it. But like we saw Cam Akers and to a, I want to say smaller scale, but Kine Iwangu. Is that how we pronounce it? Yeah. So who had the Achilles way back in college and is as a rookie, one of the most explosive, if not the most explosive kick returner. I mentioned that because dynasty and we're getting towards the end of the season. You and I were talking off camera, how excited we are Mm -hmm. off season is more dynasty talk. This is the perfect time to inquire about James Robinson, because you know, the person that owns him. Uh, own is a bad word that rosters him right that rosters james robinson is like ah an achilles and there's travis Etienne that's going to come back this is the cheapest james robinson has been in what a year and a half it's yeah I, i don't know would you do like a random second rounder for james robinson i probably would yeah, I, I think so too. And and it's possible his price may be even cheaper than that. It's right. it's worth if you're listening to this podcast, it's worth inquiring. Third round. Yeah, throw because you never know yeah where he'll be at next year, especially as it gets closer to the draft. People will be starving for picks. Yeah. For a, it, yeah, for a third round. And I round think I'll be doing J-Rod. that too. Yeah. It's because here's the truth. You got that if it's like say a late second rounder. I mean, your fingers crossed, you're hoping the guy, like if the guy puts up a James Robinson career of what he's Mm -hmm. done in two years, you're like, I nailed that draft pick. But more likely, hey, those second round picks, sometimes they become a Terrace Marshall. Uh, Sorry to rag on them, but, you know, Terrace Marshall, a Denzel Mims. I know those are receivers, not running backs. For running backs, it could be a Trey Sermon. Mm, You know, it's, and Robinson, he's a young player. And I have come full circle. Because uh, like last after last season, it was like time to sell. Because I really do think it was the time to sell James Robinson. But you come full circle and you go, you know what? This running back has been extremely productive in two mm-hmm. years, especially on a really bad Jacksonville team. A really bad team. <laughs> he's he's a talented player. He'll be 24 years old next year. Let's. The Achilles is still a bad injury. But it's not what it used to be. Right, right. And Cam Akers is the example. And Robinson's an extremely explosive player. It's not very often you get to acquire a, a player that's under 24 years old. In fact, I think when he starts next season, he'll, he may still be 23. So okay. he won't be quite 24 years old. He's been extremely productive two years in his career. And you can get him for like a second round pick. It just doesn't happen. That's how you win at Dynasty, right? Yeah, exactly. Love it. All right, my man. I don't think I really have anything else. I was going to mention uh, Cincy off. Well, I'll get to them in a second. Um, Dalton Schultz, he's been very productive the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. He just went eight for 82 and one. Uh, the previous week, eight, eight for 67 and one. And then out of nowhere, Rex Burkhead, 22 carries, 149 yards, 22 or 22 two touchdowns uh that's only the second time in his career he's gone over 100 yards like fucking out of nowhere did anybody have him rostered let alone (laughs) but anyway i did want to bring up cincy real quick just 
before we close out the show, I'm most excited and I'm going to be pounding this game in DFS, the Kansas City-Cincinnati game. I love the Cincinnati offense. Higgins, Chase, Burrow, Mixon. It's fantastic. And T. Higgins just going off last week. I love it. Love this team. And they got Kansas City coming to town. And I know their defense is playing better, but I just got a feeling we're going to see some fireworks in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to that game. And I don't know if there's anything else you're looking forward to, Aaron, before we get out of here. I'd love to hear it. You just can't go wrong with Cincinnati and what, <laughs> what Burrow did. I mean, my goodness, I don't know if there's a lot of critics for Joe Burrow, but 525 passing yards, four touchdowns. And, and also really to give credit to Joe Burrow, he tore his ACL last year, but we've talked about this uh, many podcasts ago. His ACL injury was a little different. He tore mm. more ligaments. So it's really, really impressive. Impressive, to yes. See him playing at such a high level. Um, and yes, like we, we also had to go, Baltimore was missing like their entire secondary. <laughs> like, that, that's true. But uh, still, I mean, 500 passing yards. I don't care if you're going against backups in the NFL. That's that's still that is impressive. Yep. And the most difficult thing in DFS is going. Which stack do I go with? <laughs> right. But, uh, what what is it? I guess for Bengals fans, the fun thing is, you and I remember these Bengals teams: the Carson Palmer, mm-hmm. Chad Johnson, T.J. Hushpanzada, uh, Bengals. They were fun. We're, and we're seeing it again here now yes. with Burrow, Chase, Higgins with more fire firepower. Well, yeah. and Joe Mixon, I guess, would be oh, what was the running back they had? Something Johnson. They had, they, had, uh, they had a few different guys. Yeah. Damn it. Who did they have? I remember they had somebody. There's like Rudy Johnson. There was like Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon is who I was thinking of. And then they yeah. ended up with Ben Jarvis. Green Ellis was on there yes. for a while because I remember his run with Cincy. Um, yep. Yeah. But yeah, so the running back situation definitely improved. But it's so crazy. So many weapons, uh, even mm-hmm. Boyd getting involved too. So that's why I go, oh, the only bad thing about this is if you play DFS and you're going, I'm trying to nail the Joe Burrow stack. Right. <laughs> but yes, I the, the only negative thing about this game with Kansas City, strictly from DFS, is you do start to go, do I fade this Bengals-Chiefs game because... I mean, surely everyone's going to be on board. That's a good point. That's a good point. (laughs) And that's going to be the difficult thing. So it's strictly not because we don't believe in the Bengals offense or the Chiefs offense. It's just that seems to be the the chalk chalk play. Yeah. I mean, is it the highest scoring game this week? I'm I'm going to, I'm checking as we, well, it's not. It's so Dallas is also the same over at 51 or is the same total at 51. Yeah, I have a feeling <laughs> that Cincinnati and Kansas City is going to be the most popular game to stack. But mm-hmm. yeah, props to Cincinnati. What a season they've had. And, yeah. and I have to give a shout out to uh, Anand Nanduri that in back in the offseason, like, uh, if, if you're listening to this, you should absolutely check out the Decision Point podcast as oh, part yeah. of Roto Underworld because Anand knows his stuff. And he had mentioned the Bengals as having one of the best off seasons and, and, and 
we talk about conditioning to getting used to week 18 and seven playoff teams. And we also have to be conditioned to the Bengals, like doing good football yeah. things. It's, it's a little weird saying that, but yeah, I mean, the Bengals are, the they could be the ASC North division winners. I mean, yeah, they could finish. They, what could they, if they beat Kansas city, they could potentially win the whole AFC. They still need a little bit of help, right? But but they're sitting there as the number three seed currently, and and you're right. Like props to Cincinnati, like for especially the fan base. You've supported such a crappy team for so long. It's nice that the crappy team seems to be getting their stuff together and right. on the fly. Especially Joe Burrow, because what did we do last off season? Or, or sorry, last season we went. Your franchise quarterback just got hurt on a sack because your offensive line's dog shit, right? <laughs> So nice to see they've turned it around. Yes, yes. 100% agree. All right. Well, everybody, hope that got you a little prepped for championship weekend. All the games are on Sunday, so we'll fly through those. And then, hey, we've got a week 18. You know, not so much fantasy stuff other than some DFS for week 18. It's still weird to say week 18. But, (laughs) but... Um, yes, we will be back at some point next week to do a little season finale, season recap, discuss some things, and then, you know, we head off into the off season. So for now, do you have anything, anything else to say, Mr. Any final thoughts? We've always got to plug our social, our social medias, right? That's right. This show is the Dynasty Wonderland. You can find that show on Twitter at DW. Hold on. I totally butchered that one. I had, it's super late. Give us a Twitter handle there. I just, I had it. And at then I DW just lost it. Underscore pod, pod on Twitter. <laughs> at RMK Madness on Twitter for me. And at AA Ron Stew 09 for the captain. I got you, buddy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. My brain went. I, you know, what is it? You can't talk and I'm forgetting things. I, I know. I'm telling you. It's, it's, it's I mean, yeah, we've got our, our, our own stuff going on, but it's also practically everybody's about like this. It's the end of the season. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's, it's how it is, man. It's a long season. And now we're close to rolling into a break. So, We'll get there to recharge our batteries, refresh Mm -hmm. our minds, and it'll all be good after that. So, but for now, we let you go, and we'll return soon next week. We'll chat again for a little season finale. Yes, that's right. Until then, it's the chatter. It's the captain. And we're out here for now. We'll go get some rest. We'll talk to y'all later. Peace out. Let us